Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. do an episode um so this is slightly different than i normally would record uh i still have one bit of recording of piping to do um but yeah i've got company coming and kind of unexpectedly a day sooner than i thought because of kind of <laughs> place where he's planning to stay the night His brother got sick so uh he's just coming straight through anyway uh our spare bedroom is also my podcast studio so podcast studio it's a microphone in front of a laptop anyway uh so want to get this episode out so yeah that's how it's gonna work next week i have more company coming so i'm not sure if i'll get an episode out then but if you are jonesing for an episode this is a great time to join the patreon account uh i posted a bonus episode there last week um which is full of embarrassing stuff if you want to hear what i sounded like in 2006 when started the podcast um and mostly those bonus episodes are gonna serve as a way for me to kind of make sets out of these tunes and also just to revisit some of the ones I really like and try to polish them up. Um, sort of, it's going to be tunes that I really like and want to revisit or want to get a better recording of, uh, and that sort of thing. Cause I realized I was, um, making this kind of weekly episode way more work than I can afford it to be by trying to record sets and perfect takes of these tunes. So I'm going to go back to normal of just play several different takes of similar sounding tunes and, uh, for the polished up stuff or things that I like enough to remember or want to put on an album, um, that'll be on the bonus episode. And I'll also make sure to put in some, uh, kind of cringy, embarrassing stuff from the previous, um, decade or so of the podcast. Uh, so over there now you can hear, um, Bohemian Rhapsody with bagpipes by me. You can hear a very old version of me playing the Gold Ring and um, Whitby Runaround. And you can also hear kind of a mixture of just a, a mix of me from 2017 playing the Rights of Man with a bunch of different instruments. So some cool stuff over there, as well as some sets of some of the tunes we've played on the podcast. Anyway, so this week, what we are looking at, um, we've got a fair amount of discussion again of Lament of a Druid and Past One O'Clock. So, uh, or I'm asleep and don't awaken me. So we're going to hear Lament of a Druid. I heard from a lot of folks about um, how that tune maybe should be played. So I'll, I'll do that and we'll talk about it. Um, we also have a guest musician. So, uh, Dave Barrett, I posted, or David Barrett, I posted on, um, the Facebook feed that he had an album out that you could buy. So David, uh, has kind of volunteered a track, uh, off his album to play. Um, Dave got me started playing jaw harp on here. I've been, I've played jaw harps for years, but never really thought of including it on the podcast until chatting with Dave. So, uh, we're going to play a jaw harp, uh, jaw harp track off of his album. And that's going to be Red-Haired Boy and Patty's Leather Breeches. Um, and then, what else are we going to do? I'm going to play Neil's setting for I'm Asleep and Don't Awaken Me, which is the old Irish book from the 1720s. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit of the Peabrook, uh, The Vaunting, which is a tune that I've always kind of thought of as uh, a cool... It's got a cool story with it. Um, and yeah, I tried, I was hoping that the magic of that story would help a buddy of mine. It didn't work, but, uh, still it's a lovely tune. So I thought I'd include it on the podcast here cause I don't hardly ever put any Peabrooks on. Um, and yeah, most of what we are playing is from the Lytton manuscript again. Uh, I think our, we're going to do another kind of longer talk about Lytton. I'm thinking about making an album of just Lytton tunes, um, they're just really good tunes, and it seemed like the perfect summer road trip album since Lytton was able to entertain, you know, a bunch of sailors um, going from um, England to China uh, and back uh, in 1800, 1802. Like, if you can entertain um, a ship full of sailors, then that's probably good road tripping tunes. So uh, we're going to get started with some of those tunes today um, from Lytton. We're going to have the Prince of Wales minuet, the Goose's minuet. Kissing and Flirting, Kissing and Drinking, The Royal Hunt, The Royal Review, St. Catherine's Lane at Five, uh, Duke Gordon's Reel, and then a tune he just has in there as uh, Cotillion or Cotillion. Uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that, but I also have no idea that that 
book almost certainly has a good number of um, concordances, um, but because he's just called it a Catilan or Cotian, um, can't really find it because I'm pretty sure that is a type of tune rather than the title of a tune. Um, so if you identify it and recognize it, let me know. Uh, anyway, like I said, heard lots of things from people about that Lament of a Druid. So let's go to the male coach. <laughs> Yeah, I heard from a lot of people about uh, Lament of a Druid and uh, and the step-downs and I'm Asleep and Don't Wake Me as well. Uh, I guess kind of first, kind of cool message from Jay listening. I haven't had a chance to do this yet, but um, he kind of pointed out that those step-downs and I'm Asleep is, is just such a common motif. You'll hear it in, um, in Bach or um, Christian Petzold's Minuet in G. Uh, G major harpsichord, but really, uh, he pointed out like it's it's best to like re-listen to Simon Chadwick playing, and then you can start to hear these things. The, the only chance I really had to do was listening to the Toys Lover can, Lovers Concerto, and like, oh yeah, you could totally hear those same step downs. But it might be a fun uh, exercise. So thanks, Jay, for the note. Uh, I just keep on not having time, uh, and still don't have time. But uh, it was fun to <laughs> listen to Lovers Concerto and think about that tune. Uh, the other comments I had were from Simon and uh, from Jarlith Henderson. Like, I really still like the way that I played Lament of a Druid. Um, and the, kind of the problem with that um, that transcription that Fox wrote is that, like, she, she isn't an Ellen Piper, and there are certain notations on it. If any of you have looked at the music, there are notations on there that aren't really a thing that's particularly possible for Ellen Pipes to do. So it sort of begs the question of what she meant there. Like there are crescendos written into uh, into notes, which like I know you can sort of do. I don't know if that's supposed to be a spot where it's um, where it's supposed to have more quavering or what. Um, and she has these weird little kind of grace note looking things in front of the notes that I was playing um, using the keys, most of them. Um, and that was just how I played it to make it musical. So after Jarlath heard me playing it, he's like, wait, is it written in that, uh, is it written in that key? And I had to plead ignorance because I don't know a darn thing about, um, you know, keys and that sort of thing. And Simon also said, yeah, that's cool. But I think maybe if you played it one step up, it might be better. Um, and so I, I tried doing that and I didn't really like it. But then, you know, I did what Simon's website had, which was I went and I listened to Willie Clancy playing I'm Asleep. Um, a couple of times and then I looked at the music again and realized that if you just play the music kind of straight as written you can kind of hear the same melody uh, a little bit like it's got the same pulse as Willie Clancy's setting so so that's what I wound up doing um, and it's and it's good it's good in its own right um, I'm not <laughs> that's another tune although I'm going to play it here on two of the main feed episodes it's almost certainly going to wind up in the bonus episode too I just don't have um on an upcoming bonus episode, because I really like the air, uh, but I don't have time to re-record it uh, with regulators. I have one take with regulators, um, but on that take, a fly didn't buzz the microphone, and it sounds really cool when the fly buzzes the microphone. So I'm going to kind of take Jarlith Henderson's advice to play it as written, and uh, or to, you know, that that's probably not how it was intended to be played, um, and Simon's advice to, to revisit the music. So this is probably closer to what Lament of a, of a Druid is supposed to sound like as as Fox recorded it but again if you look at if you look at that music there's some stuff going on there that Fox wasn't you know she wasn't a piper and who knows <laughs> what she was trying to interpret with that um but I still think as much as I can I can start to hear a really lovely air playing it as written I still kind of prefer my funky version of it so we're just going to say that I did that on purpose now um, but in case you don't remember what I'm talking about on this take uh, you can hear me play Lament of a Druid closer to how Fox wrote it um, and kind of what uh, Simon and Jarleth were saying 
and then I go straight into me playing it the funky way again, so you can see how you feel about it. Another cool thing about the funky way is uh, towards the end of the clip of Fly buzzed the microphone, and I think it sounds super cool. So uh, we're going to include that take so you can check it out. But like I said, uh, I'm almost certainly going to want to put Lament of a Druid on the kind of best of album this year. So that means that if you want to hear a better take with regulators, it'll likely be on an upcoming bonus episode, which will come out ever so often uh, on the Patreon page. So anyway, here is Lament of a, Fa- of a Druid.
I might be a little too hard to hear. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a cool sound, the, the fly buzzing, I mean, where it just comes right on your right side. It's this section right here. I may have only heard it from listening to it on repeat, but I like it. Anyway, I'm still... You know, I still think there's some some work on that tune. I'm still having to make some adjustments. And as much as, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the whole, um, well, I don't know. It makes sense to me, the concern with playing airs if you've never heard a person sing a tune. I think it's fine to learn airs from pipers or other musicians playing a tune. But learning an Irish air just from sheet music feels pretty risky and... Like, who knows what this thing sounds like? So, and just remember the context for this tune. It was um, supposedly played by a piper in seventeen uh, in the 1790s at a, you know, harp convention, uh, harp gathering, and kind of was passed between pipers until being recorded by um, uh, Char- Charlotte Mulligan Fox, I think was her name, uh, around 1900. So there's like a long distance and chain of like passing down uh, and as far as I can't find anybody singing Lament of a Druid that's recognizable as this uh, or anybody else playing it. So, you know, it's very likely that it's a whole different scheme. Um, and one more crack uh, at, you know, past one o'clock or I'm asleep and don't wake me. Uh, since recording the I'm asleep episode, I finally got my copy of a collection of the most celebrated Irish tunes from 1724 Dublin, the John and William Neal collection that ITMA publishes. And I just thought I'd include it here. Uh, the setting for uh, I'm Asleep and Don't Wake Me is, you can kind of see it's similar to many of the others that I played, but also unique in its own right. Uh, I just do a quick, just going to do a quick playthrough on that B-flat whistle here. Um, so you can hear yet another setting for that old tune, and then we'll move on to some new stuff. Pretty cool tune. Um, really glad to have this book finally. Um, just, you know, if I can say another word of praise for Simon Chadwick, he sells this book on his website and uh, I was like, wanted to thank him for all the cool music work he does with the harp stuff. And I said, hey, can I buy that book from you? I've been meaning to get it for years. Uh, and he said, no, buy it from ITMA. It'll cost less. <laughs> so like, just way to, way to look out and also... Um, you know, help support our traditional music archive. So anyway, thanks Simon. And this is a cool book. I've got a link to the ABC notation, which, uh, ITMA hosts. Um, but yeah, you, you can also pick up the book for 
I mean, it's about it costs about as much to ship it as the book costs, but uh, it's still it's still a good buy. All right, let's switch over to Highland Pipes. We're going to include um, just a little bit of me playing the vaunting um, or an intended lament is how it's known sometimes. It's a really old tune. I'm playing it out of um, Kilberry book mostly. You know, I, I love this tune. I had sort of hoped that it would uh, use some of its peabrook magic um, and help a buddy of mine out who is kind of sick, had a heart attack, and wound up being, um, yeah, didn't didn't recover, but was kind of sitting in this unknown state for a while. And that's one of the stories uh, that's associated with the tune, why it's called The Intended Lament, is that, um, you know, the whoever composed it wrote it for someone, uh, and then as they were, like, lying sickly, kind of went in to play it for them, and the tune just cheered them right up, and they got healthy and better. Um, that's why it's the intended lament rather than an actual lament. But it is a gnarly tune, man. Like, I didn't quite realize I had had tried to... Like, every time somebody, or several times in my past, anyway, when someone I know and care about is kind of in a weird, sick position in the hospital bed, I've revisited this tune, but it never really stuck. And I didn't realize why. It's it's huge. There's, a, you know, there's Tarlu Al-Mak, Kronlu Al-Mak in it. Um, it's a real, real vast tune. So I only play the first uh kind of the ground and i think the first variation um but yeah i've got links to um the alt pbrook uh entry for it where they've got links to john burgess playing it a couple different uh couple different links to john burgess playing it uh from you know what that's those links are dead but if you search for john burgess on the new and improved um uh kist of treasures uh, or kist of riches website which is pretty good, uh, you'll find it. But the, the links on Alt Peabrook are dead. But you can still find John Burgess playing it uh, over there. Um, and then also I've included a link to William Donaldson's write-up on on uh, Levanting. I love those William Donaldson Peabrook articles, man. They are, like, they're full of all the different, not- or several different notations, so you can see the different settings for it, and often some kind of interesting folklore or story about the tune uh, and that sort of thing. Anyway, so here is me playing through a couple variations of the bonding.
Okay, so yeah, switching gears here, let's look at the Lytton Manuscript. We've already heard the Woodford ship out of that Lytton Manuscript uh, a couple episodes back. Just a quick refresher. It's, a, it's an interesting collection. I'm going to definitely be playing some more tunes out of it. I've got a hold of the published version, so I'm thinking about just kind of reading it because it's quite out of print. Um, I was thinking of reading it so it's like preserved somehow as an audiobook. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to release an album of Lytton tunes just because they're, they're really fun uh, and really good. And I, I just love looking through a musician's tune book. Um, so more information, if you don't remember on Lytton, he was a kind of naval fiddler. So he worked on board a British ship uh, going with the East India fleet to China. It's unclear how many ships he worked on, even which ship he worked on, but his manuscript collection wound up um, making its way into a museum at Martha's Vineyard, where it's kind of been preserved, uh, more or less. I haven't seen any photos of the original one, but it's all been transcribed on ABC notation. Um, and then, like I said, there's this published book from, I think, the 70s that I've got... Um, I think that's the same same settings for, uh, but just some really stellar tunes. So um, I've got another episode or two worth of tunes that I uh, some I have recorded already and some I want to. But like I said, I think uh, thinking of making a quick little much shorter album than Oyster Wives Rant of just these Lytton tunes because yeah, a fiddler that can entertain a whole ship of people sailing to China and back. Um, those are some good tunes and they really work. When I was driving back from North Carolina on my, on my own, I wound up re-listening to just the Woodford ship kind of over and over again in the podcast because I liked it so much. So so we're going to start with uh, the Prince of Wales Minuet. There is another tune called the Prince of Wales Minuet, and several of the tunes in Lytton's manuscript seem to have um, the wrong name or just kind of the name that Lytton called it. Um, a couple times he has basically the same tune with two different titles uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, like I said, it's a working musician's tune book, so he's getting names wrong, remembering them his own way. But the Prince of Wales Minuet that he has seems to be quite a bit different from another tune called the Prince of Wales Minuet, um, which, you know, you can see on traditional tune archive or whatever, um, from Duff? Yeah, Archibald Duff's setting. Um, yeah, definitely different from this minuet. So here's Lytton's Prince of Wales Minuet from uh, the manuscripts from around 1800 or 1801. Listening uh, back to my recording, at the end I say, this is the Princess of Wales Minuet, uh, which is why I couldn't find any concordances. Just looking up the wrong name. Uh, but yeah, so James Aird also has a setting that's very similar to Lytton's for the Princess of Wales Minuet. Uh, it's kind of worth just looking at traditional tune archive. It's worth a discussion, I guess. I mean, during Lytton and um, Aird's lifetime, I suppose. Well, actually, no. I think that's after Aird passed away. So... Princess Caroline of Brunswick married Prince of Wales, so who would eventually become George IV uh, in 1793, or 1795. I think Aird was already dead by then. Um, but like I said, it, it shows up in the last edition of Aird, which was published after he passed away anyway. Um, 
sort of the McFadden collection, really, I suppose, is what we should call it. But anyway, yeah, Princess of Wales Minuet, not Prince of Wales Minuet, but a good tune, all the same. Uh, let's kind of keep on that same theme, and let's do the Goose's Minuet. Uh, interestingly enough, um, yeah, this is, this, is, this is a good theme. The Goose's Minuet is actually King George III's Minuet. Um, there's a bunch of settings for it. You can even see it in Wilson's Ballroom. Um, but yeah, and Lytton's manuscript, it is the Goose's Minuet. So if traditional tune archive is correct, this is the father-in-law of the Princess of Wales Minuet uh, tune that it's for. Anyway, here's Goose's Minuet, as it is called in Lytton. Keeping on with the Royals, let's go with the Royal Hunt. Also from Lytton, now on B-flat whistle. And another royal one from uh, Lytton, this is the Royal Review. I think I played these two as a set, and I'm kind of leaning towards doing that. They sound really familiar, but there aren't any concordances listed on Traditional Tune Archive, which makes me think Lytton just has a different name for them. Um, a couple of tunes in that we're playing this week are that way. But anyway, here is the Royal Review. Yeah, that one definitely has some very strong, um, is it Pockenbell's Canon who wrote that, uh, the wedding tune, Canon? Anyway, uh, has that vibe to it. Uh, let's do another, yet another tune that doesn't show up with um, any particular concordances on traditional tune archive, um, at least not recognizable as Lytton. So here is Kissing and Drinking, 
um, so there's there's two tunes that are quite near each other in in tone and in the PDF, kissing and drinking and kissing and flirting. So I just wind up playing them as like a four part rather than you know really considering them different tunes. But so technically, if you want to look at the music, the order I'm playing these is uh, first playing kissing and flirting, and then into kissing and drinking. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I think they work. It works kind of well as just a four part nine eight, uh, and then. I think I do a repeat that way too. So anyway, here is the kissing and drinking, kissing and flirting uh, set. Yeah, pretty fond of that. Uh, Canon Goodman has a setting for kissing and drinking, uh, but as you can hear here, it is a different tune altogether. It's a six eight. Um, yeah, here's just a quick taste of it on whistle. Next, let's do. Um, this is really a different tune. So this is the Duke of Gordon's reel. Uh, it doesn't really have any concordances on traditional tune archive, and in the published version of Lytton's um, book, the William Lytton's Fiddle Tunes from 1800-1802 book that I have, it's also got some you know uh, other sources and stuff in the back, and it doesn't have any sources for Duke of Gordon's reel. And also, frustratingly, it doesn't look like. Duke of Gordon's reel was transcribed into the ABC or PDF version, but um, this is what it is in the published version. So here's Duke of Gordon's reel. It sounds really familiar to me, so I imagine there is a there is something out there. There's a Duke of Gordon's stress bay, but it is it's clearly a different melody. So anyway, here's Duke of Gordon's reel from Lytton's Tune Books.
It's a very cool tune. Uh, another Litten tune that I haven't really been able to figure out uh, what else it's in is the Cotillion. Like I said, it's a, it's a type of tune. It's an 18th century French dance. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure there's this is this has got to have a different name than that. But it's a really cool tune. So here is Litten setting for a tune called just the Cotillion. And now our last tune from Lytton's manuscript on this um, this uh, episode, anyway. I kind of feel weird including this. This is St. Catherine's Lane at Five, and there are tons of really interesting concordances with this tune, including Lytton's manuscript itself. It has some different settings, but there's, um, yeah, it shows up in Vickers, shows up in... Uh, some different Irish settings too. So we're probably going to revisit it, but um, yeah, this is my favorite of all the Litten tunes that I've had stuck in my head and I already played it on the bonus episode. So I feel like I should include it here. So anyway, here is St. Catherine's Lane at Five from Litten's manuscript with a little bit of jaw harp in there for good measure. Okay, well, a lot of bit of jaw harp for good measure. I just adore that tune. I, I posted my notes um, to all the different concordances and things I'm probably going to play in the future if you want to kind of read ahead, as they would say. Um, but yeah, I've had a pretty jaw-harpy couple of weeks, uh, I suppose. One of the things that frustrates me with the my old jaw-harp, like you heard on that recording, is how short the sustain is, like how short the, the tone stays. So I guess that wasn't too bad. Um, but it just sort of, it isn't a great ending when you've got like a bah on a whistle or a pipe and then your jaw whistles like boing and then it's done. So I picked up a new whistle with a much longer sustain.
So yeah, looking forward to playing around with that. It's it's almost an A. It's a little off of A, um, just like my other one is a little off of B flat. So I don't know. I'm still waiting about uh, maybe getting another harp that is actually tuned properly to A, so I can play along with stuff. And the reason I'm tuning it to A is because um, of our next music track here. So you know, I've I've often said uh, a long time ago if uh, anybody's got any projects or anything they want to they think the listeners would be interested in uh, to let me know and finally had somebody take me up on that so if you've got an album coming out and you want me to play some tracks or talk about it uh, if you think it kind of fits our our vibe let me know uh, this one comes from David Barrett this is his album starting to see and you know I really wanted it like I said at the beginning, I didn't, you know, I've played Jawhut for years, but never thought of including it on the podcast until kind of having some exchanges with with Dave. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and play a track off here. He's got, uh, it's a really interesting album. He's got a mixture of him playing kind of solo pipes or whistle and then various different recordings that he's done with bands, uh, either in competition or just kind of musically. He's got a track in here playing along with a harp, uh, which was tempted to, to choose, but we're going to go with the jaw harp one, uh, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting project. Starting to see, he put this album out in order to support the Blinded Veterans Association. Uh, so yeah, good cause for folks that have kind of lost their sight that are also veterans. I'll have a link to Bandcamp if you want to check out the rest of the album and consider buying it to support Dave. But yeah, if you have any projects that you want to, that you think I'd be interested in or the listeners, let me know. Actually, the first track on this album is I'm Asleep. <laughs> and don't, uh, yeah, it's I'm Asleep. And I think it's, it's the Willie Clancy version. So anyway, everything's all a little bit related. Like I said, I've got company coming again next week, so I'm not 100% sure that I'll be able to get an episode out, but if you are missing uh, and want some more Way Too Togs um, Bagpipe and History podcast in your life, it's a great time to go and support the Patreon page, where I've got um, I think about half a, or over maybe 10 of those tutorials, if you want kind of a deep dive into tunes, um, and then also uh, about how to play them, and then also this one bonus episode. The bonus episodes, I don't, they're not going to be monthly or anything like that for sure, but um, there'll be, yeah, there'll be a couple of them every year uh, at the very least. So something to consider doing, but, uh, but yeah, might hear from me next week after all. You just never know with me saying I'm not going to do an episode is almost always uh, a surefire way for me to do an episode. So yeah rambling anyway thank you dave and let's go out with red-haired boy and patty's leather britches on small pipes and jaw harp <laughs> 